Are you, like pretty much every parent of younger kids I know, looking for a smart entertainment option for your kids? Designed for kids ages 6 and up, Mysteries About True Histories, also known as Math, How Smart Is That?, is a weekly podcast full of time travel, puzzles, hidden equations, history, and humor. And while kids will enjoy the stories anchored around characters like troublesome trolls, pirate queens, and mysterious aunts, adults can benefit too. I admittedly delighted in learning a thing or two about Pythagoras and triangles in one episode. Every episode follows two best friends, Max and Molly, who work together to solve riddles and math equations during their time-traveling adventures. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code-breaking, pattern-solving, and more, all weaving humor in with education to make learning fun. Episodes drop every Thursday and are about 15 minutes long, a great length for transition times during the day or a bedtime treat. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Welcome to Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, your host, Christine Coe, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you will come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Hello, friends. Well, what an overwhelming time this is. <laughs> I feel uh, overwhelmed pretty consistently these days, and it was no better evidence to me the other day than when I woke up after an incredible stretch of anxiety dreams. And given everything that's going on around the world, this probably wasn't surprising. I also believe it was because I had been pounding away through work the previous day while also toggling and anxiety scrolling on Twitter, which obviously was very bad for me. <laughs> so I had been thinking about this episode for some time, but that experience of intentionally disconnecting from Twitter the next day, I still checked it. I checked it twice that day, but I was not consistently doom scrolling all day. It really made me think about this episode further because I'm going to be talking about tiny moments of self-love. It's no surprise to anybody who has listened to this show for a while that I believe small actions matter tremendously. I believe that we have a lot of things we can do right around us to try to keep ourselves in check and feel a little bit more calm, even when, perhaps especially when things are overwhelming. And I don't mind the term self-care, but I am going to use the term self-love today in honor of my guest on episode 257, Katie Hurley, who really talked about a preference for that term. And also because I really like to think of stepping this up a little bit from care to love. Both terms are important, but I don't know. Something about that is feeling really good to me today, especially because clearly we need more love in the world. There were two other points of inspiration for this episode, both listener comments, and I'll read them both. 
The first was, I was wondering if you could do a podcast about yoga and your exercise meditation routine, especially how you de-stress because you always sound so calm. I thought that was funny because I was like, really? Do I sound calm? I feel kind of like a chaos muppet most of the time. (laughs) And then second related is, after the 30 days of yoga with Adrian, what do you do next? Do you just pick random videos to do the rest of the year and then get back on the 30 days in January? And then there were some other commentary, but um, this episode will not focus specifically on exercise and meditation, but it will touch on what I do to find little moments of calm. I will reference uh, yoga in a little bit, but I guess my point in sharing these two things was one, just to give a little backstory on the inspiration and just show a couple of examples of how everybody is trying to find little ways to make change. and. Today, I'm going to share maybe nine or 10, I think 10, (laughs) little examples of ways I am trying to tap into tiny moments of self-love. And my hope is not specifically that you do all these things, but just to share really small, granular examples that I hope will spark something for you, whether it's, oh yeah, hey, I could do that too, or "Hmm, maybe I'll look around and find something that also lights me up. Um, it might be a different thing than Christine, but this is what works for me. Ultimately, that is the goal to figure out what works for you. Okay, so let's dive in. The very first thing I want to reference is kind of the opposite of what I do all day. <laughs> and it is to find my tiny moment of self-love by prioritizing non-digital first. I think I've said repeatedly on this show that I have a no phones in the bedroom rule. And that is still the case. Every night uh, when I put my phone away, I actually stow it downstairs. It's charging in the downstairs area. And then I go up to bed, whatever. That's all good. And I also make a point of not picking it up first thing in the morning. So I go and I make my coffee. And then actually the first thing I do as a little gift to myself is I receive the I have a daily paper subscription to the Boston Globe. And while I'm drinking my coffee, I just scan the newspaper for five or so minutes first thing in the morning. And obviously the news is not always great. (laughs) It's been especially not great in the last little stretch, but it does feel very grounding to start the day with an actual newspaper and not be on my phone which I will be on, honestly, a lot of the rest of the day and on my computer for work. So that has been just a really small, tiny thing that has mattered a lot to me. The second thing is it always makes me think of work I used to do. I worked at a cognitive aging lab during my master's degree, and we worked with the most wonderful 60 to 85-year-olds I've ever met. (laughs) And These people were so incredible and so highly functioning, and they always came in asking, how can I keep my brain active? What can I do to keep myself aging in a healthy way? And we were always like, exercise that brain. And so I always think of the subjects that would come in to participate in the experiments we were working on because they were so awesome. And so brain exercise, really old school, has been a really fun source of self-love for me. I was kind of a little bit of a late adopter to Wordle just because I'm sort of curmudgeonly. And when everybody's doing something, I like to wait it out a little bit and not do it at the start. (laughs) But I do play Wordle every day. And 
that's fun. And my husband does it and one of my kids does it. And then related to my paper subscription, the Daily Globe crossword is a huge source of joy for me. (laughs) When I first started doing them, I couldn't finish them. I just, I would try and I just, my brain wasn't oriented to the little quirks and things about crosswords. And now it's very unusual if I can't finish one. And it just, I love it. It just exercises my brain in a different way. It's tactile. I do it in pen, which is feels very rebellious. And I love it. I love it so much. The third thing I'm going to touch on is movement. And I mentioned that a couple of listeners had asked specifically about what I do for yoga and meditation. And I want to talk about something specific, which is that I made an intentional shift off of terms like fitness or exercise to just prioritize movement every day. And in fact, I have a to-doist to-do item that is daily recurring that just says movement in capital letters. And somebody had asked about Yoga with Adrian. Just to back up, if you're not familiar with this, this is a YouTube channel, highly popular. My friend KJ Delantonia turned me onto it a few years ago. She offers free yoga videos as well as I think there's a paid community, but every January she does this 30-day challenge. And one listener was asking, okay, now what after the 30 days is over? So right now it's still very wintry in the Boston area. So I'm still doing yoga mostly, but what I do once the 30 days is over, and I will say I I finished it not in 30 days. I finished it uh, the first week of February because I think done is better than perfect and I couldn't do it all sequentially. But anyway, following that 30 days, what I do when I'm doing yoga for the day as my source of movement is I search for channel based on pain points. For example, some of my common searches are shoulder pain, energy flow. If I'm feeling really sluggish, menstrual cramps, <laughs> she has some practices for that. Uh, just depending on wherever there's pain, lower back, sometimes I just need something calm and restorative. So that's how I focus what I'm doing next. And I find that I need to do it first thing in the morning or it won't happen. The other alternative to yoga these days in the winter is a walk with my husband, also very important. And then when the weather warms up, it'll be things like tennis. But basically some kind of movement every day, even if it's only a 10 or 15 minute yoga practice is crucial. Okay. I have a bunch more I'm going to share. I'm going to do that after a quick break. Understood is a resource I have recommended for many years to parents looking for support with learning and thinking differences such as ADHD, dyslexia, and more. And I'm subsequently excited to tell you about their podcast, Understood Explains. This season, the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. They cover topics such as how to tell if your child needs an IEP, common myths about special education, and the difference between IEPs and 504 plans. I love how Understood Explains breaks down the overwhelm by unpacking an important topic each season and then drilling down further into key basics in each episode. Most episodes are between 10 to 15 minutes, and episodes are available in both English and Spanish. So fantastic, right? To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, friends, I'm back. I'm talking about tiny moments of self-love and how I am using them in order to counter the overwhelm, the great distress and overwhelm that accompanies being a human being right now. And this next one kind of makes me giggle. I had some Amazon credit and I ordered this. I was looking for some kind of back massager or something that I could use because I have a lot of knots in my back and a lot of pain points in my lower back. And so I needed something. So I did some online research and I ordered this shiatsu massager. And when it arrived, I was like, why is this box so giant? So it's quite, it's quite large. I've shared about it in my Instagram stories a little bit. And people were kind of, it's really quite funny. I call it my neon rotating boob back massager because it has these rotating balls. And for some reason, they make them light up neon pink and they're quite hilarious. But the thing I love about it, at first I used it sitting on my couch, but now I have figured out a way to position it where I can use it while I'm typing my office. So it's amazing. I use it every day. I will link it up in the show notes. It is awesome. A lot of people I know have bought it since I shared about it and they love it. And while, yes, it looks absolutely ridiculous, I will say that my family made fun of me the first when they when they first saw it, and then everybody loves now to take a turn with it. So there. Okay. The fifth little tiny thing I want to share is good smells. I don't believe that essential oils cure things. I just really like good smells. So I think my best self-purchase of... <laughs> the end of last year around the holidays is that Trader Joe's for like $9.99. I don't know if they have them now, but I'm holding the box in my hands right now. They had this four pack of roller bottles called Aromatherapy Mood Odyssey. (laughs) And the four bottles are labeled Bliss, Relax, Awake, and Sleep. And if you open the cover, it's like has a map your mood. How are you feeling? And then a little chart depending on what are you feeling like I'm feeling a little grumpy to be honest then select the bliss roller etc these things smell so good awake is my favorite actually I want to use it all the time just because it smells so good so that's an awesome little good smelling thing it actually boosts my mood when I use it I also have a prosperity candle in my office called calm it was a gift I love it (laughs) and actually honestly The other week when James barfed in my office all over my white rug, after cleaning that mess up, I lit my calm candle and it made everything, all the terrible smells go away. So that was kind of awesome. Good smells. Okay. The next two have to do with food and they're kind of 
opposites of one another, but really related. So I have found that, I guess I'll label this food triggers basically, but I have found over the years that I have a number of allergic reactions and heightened sensitivity to food. I actually did an episode with Asha about some of these triggers a while back, and I will link that up in the show notes. But of the various things, so I've had to reduce a lot of things in my life over the last several years. Sugar, I have found excessive sugar really messes with my allergies. Nasal allergies, my eyes get really itchy, like everything. It's really crazy. Anyway, sadly, it is one of the worst culprits. Gluten is the second. (laughs) So even though it may sound like a terrible thing to not eat ice cream or cake or whatever, I have been looking at those decision points when I resist and choose something else (laughs) as an act of love for myself. On the flip side of that, the food positive side of that, I have been finding a lot of little ways to make me really happy about what I can eat. And I've shared a little bit about this on stories, but right now I'm I'm really obsessed, again, curmudgeonly or clueless Christine at play, I don't know, but I only tried sweet green for the first time a couple months ago. My teenager introduced me to it, and it is like the kind of food that I want to eat all the time. Anyway, right now I'm a little obsessed with this sweet green knockoff miso sesame ginger dressing. It is amazing. It makes everything taste better. You can have a sad little salad with a few whatever's on it and you put this dressing on it and it makes it taste amazing. So I will link, I think it's a food.com recipe, but I will look it up and I will link the recipe in the show notes because serious, I can't believe salad dressing brings me joy, but it really does. Okay. Number eight, I want to talk about decluttering, but like in a really loving, doable, not overwhelming way. I have been finding over the last little stretch of time, maybe the last few months especially, really annoyed by my closet. I keep saying, I just want to throw everything out and burn it down. And and that's not really true. I'm being totally melodramatic, but I have found that I'm in that classic position where a lot of the things I just don't wear, and part of that is pandemic, and part of that is just there's stuff that doesn't fit anymore, or I don't like it, or whatever. I will never be able to Marie Kondo it and just take everything out and then start from scratch. That feels completely overwhelming and like an allergy disaster for me. So (laughs) I've tried something else and it's going really great. So whenever I go in my closet in the morning to get dressed, I pull one or more, if easy, items out as I'm getting ready and selecting whatever it is I am going to wear. Basically, I'm getting rid of clothes that no longer serve my body or my taste or they don't feel good or whatever. And I'm just creating this big stack. I need to actually bag it because it's getting too big now. I'm just doing a really slow closet declutter, one to two items at a time each day. And it's already looking better. I mean, I was at a point where I had stuff just strewn on the ground in my closet. My closet's not huge, but it is a walk-in. Uh, But there was just stuff on the ground because that's how much I hated everything in it. (laughs) So there's nothing on the ground now, which is really good. I just really want it to be largely empty or just a very small collection of things that I'll actually wear. And so that project is underway and it fills me with delight. And I just can't wait to pass along things to people who need them. That feels really good. 
Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them, even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics, depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Number nine, people probably know by now that I love reading. It is a real source of joy for me, but it's not always, it's a little complicated. I'll just say I'm an avid library user. I routinely have five or so books at the ready. And part of the self-love here, well, in general, my tip is to read, even if it's five to 10 minutes a day, it's such a tiny little act of love and wonderfulness, I can't even begin to tell you. But a big piece of the self-love here is being okay pulling the ripcord if I'm not feeling it with a book, even if, perhaps especially if it's a much lauded, must-read kind of book. Many people probably know I have a general 50-page litmus test. So that means if I start a book and I'm not into it by page 50, I can abort it and it's fine. I've been known to read one page, and if the author can't reel me in immediately, I'm out. Sometimes I read the inner jacket. A lot of times I'll order books and then they'll take so long to come in, I don't even remember that I've ordered them. But sometimes I'll read the jacket and I'm like, "Mm, yeah, I don't think I can stomach this kind of story right now or I'm not into it. It's very, very freeing. So (laughs) if you have a sort of complicated relationship like that with reading, or if you ever feel any sort of pressure, Around reading, I would just like to encourage you to let that go because reading should be a wonderful act of self-love. And I don't feel like there should be any shoulds around reading. And then finally, this might sound a little weird for this particular episode, but it's actually not weird at all. And it 
feels like it's related to a number of things Asha and I have talked about in the past. I have found myself feeling ready to dive back into activism. And I recently, it's funny, I recently had a Twitter thread with postcards to voters. I think longtime listeners may know that this is something Asha and I were both super into. It's this incredible platform where you can sign up to write Get Out the Vote postcards to voters in different states. And I saw them post about an upcoming campaign in Florida, which I feel very passionate about, uh, getting out the vote in Florida so that there are people, other people elected than the current people now. That's all I'll say. And it just, it actually on a day where, actually it was the same day I was doom scrolling on Twitter, and it was the one thing that made me smile. And I thought about the tactile act of writing postcards. I thought about the power of voting. It actually all made me very happy and excited. And so I went ahead and I ordered 200 postcards. That really felt like that will be kind of a five minute a day activity, but I think it will make me feel connected again to something bigger and something positive. So that's it. There are 10 tiny moments of self-love that I hope will kind of spark something for you and, and make you feel a little positivity is doable during these challenging times. And for your next edit, it's going to be really simple. I want you to look around your immediate environment and identify something that feels joyful and loving. It could be plants, and maybe you'll start paying attention to pulling dead leaves off your plants, or maybe it's trying a new recipe or reading a book that you've been meaning to read, whatever it is. I just want you to identify something that is right around you in your grasp, capable of making change for you right now. Okay, friends, you'll find the show notes for this episode, including links to resources and related episodes at edityourlifeshow.com. As ever, I would love to hear your thoughts and questions. Come say hello on Instagram or Facebook at edityourlifeshow or send an email to edityourlifeshow at gmail.com. I would also be grateful if you would drop Edit Your Life a review on Apple Podcasts or tell a pod-loving friend about the show. Thanks for listening. I appreciate you. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us.